Blog Talk Radio. Hello, world. Welcome to Fright Talk, our live podcast on February 26, 2021. You're listening to Fright Talk, and tonight's topic is Fright Talk, pop culture horror topics. The year is, 2021 is looking pretty prosperous in terms of pop culture's focus on horror. What's popping in film and literature? You're about to find out, as well as some other topics as well. If at any time you'd like to speak to us during this live podcast, you may call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. We have a few other options that, by which you can reach us as well. You may email us at, email us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Or frighttalkguys at gmail.com. Or my, my better half here, co-host, he has his Instagram open too, at N-T-A-B-S-C-H, in TAPS as well. Welcome back, brother. How are you today, Nadine? I'm very good, Billy. Thank you so much. Looking forward to tonight's show. Always a lot of great topics to talk about, so very much looking forward to it. And folks, we listed on our Instagram social media feeds, we encourage you to do two things. Number one, listen to the show. Whether you're listening to it live, always fun going to any of our archives available on Blog Talk Radio, at Everyday Folks Radio, on Apple Play, and as well as Google Play. And also, we want to start something new here where we'll continue to post on our social media an opportunity for you to engage with us and to be a little bit more connected to the topics that are coming up. So your comments are appreciated. Show your love. And please go to Fright Talk, guys. Go to, go on to Fright Talk, guys, and go to Instagram. We have cool places for you to communicate with us. But I do want to share this tonight. Tonight's show is very special because it's almost like a variety hour. We could talk about all things pop culture that relate to horror. And so, Nadine, when we first started talking about this show, we had other things planned for folks, right? Because we try to keep right. up with the trends and the asks that our, our, right. our listeners have. But this was a, a nice way to take a pause, especially as we enter the, you know, the, the completion of the first quarter of 2021. And there are some some great things buzzing. Yes, pandemic may have things on pause in some aspects, but production is happening both in books and in film on some major things that are coming. And so I'd love for you to, to, to offer this first. Nadine, what are your predictions for 2021 for her? Do you have any predictions or expectations for 2021? I think that in 2021, because of the pandemic and 2020 being so awful, like you mm-hmm. said, a lot of shows, a lot of movies, uh, even a lot of books have stopped production because of the pandemic. And slowly, some of that production is coming back. I think that people are craving the next big horror franchise. And I think that if the next big horror franchise drops in 2021, mm-hmm. I think 
people are going to flock to it. It needs to be good. It needs to be original, which is very hard to do, and we've spoken about this in past shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that's what I'm expecting for 2021. I'm kind of waiting for a big horror bomb to drop and say, boom, here we are. And I think that getting closer to Halloween, uh, maybe something like that will happen. But I do, th- I do see a lot of promise in 2021 where people may be able to continue productions on things that they weren't able to. And, and I'm not talking about things we already know, like shows like Stranger Things Season 4 and stuff like that. I'm talking about things we haven't even expected yet that are going to come out new. So that's what I'm hoping and expecting for 2021. What about you, Billy? I know that 2021, um, you know, we're, we're early on in the year. And so there's obviously a lot of good things to look forward to in the horror genre. I would say this. It's interesting. People had time off, and unfortunately, many artists have lost in the opportunities, right? But I, I think it's also given directors and writers an opportunity to really reinvest in, in the game. And, 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 and when I say reinvesting, not just fiscally, but also their time and their creativity. And I think because people have been so pent up and so frustrated in certain aspects, maybe they'll be able to channel it into a new culture of horror that we haven't seen yet. And so I'm right. hoping new stuff can come. Yes, there's always reboots, and we're, I'm sure we'll talk about some of them during the show. But I guess for you and me, it's I never realized how much we've evolved in horror until we start seeing what comes out as current representations of it. And then right. at the same time, we start watching the, the, the classics, right? And we say, oh, wow, how come nobody's ever done that again? Mm. Well, then why are we expecting that when we're expecting new, right? And so I'm hoping that the pandemic has brought us to, to something new and uh, a new amazing space for creatives to really exercise because they've been pent up and they're ready and they're hungry to get back out there and make their incredible creations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and very much looking forward to it. And like you said earlier, Billy, you know, what's, what's fun about the variety shows, about the pop culture shows that we do a lot of shows very focused on categories, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we look at, okay, we're going to do Zodiac Killer or we're going to do Witches so those are very specific topics. There's a broad range within those topics, but very specific topics. Well, with these variety shows and this this pop culture variety show, it's kind of like, you know, sky's the limit because there's so much to discuss when it comes to the horror genre. I got to share this with you, Nadine. One thing that I think will come up, and I'm hoping as a prediction, in 2021, I've always, folks, you're going to learn something at least about me. Nadine can share for his from his own experience. But I myself have only attended all but two, like, horror conventions in my lifetime. They've always been in Orlando, and it's always during the time of Halloween Horror Night. It starts in September, and then it runs all the way through right in the middle, right just before the um, fest that takes place at at Epcot, the Food and Wine Fest. However, I was doing a search, you know, for a couple days ago, and I said, there has to be some virtual cons. You know, and, and video horror games and all that, we, we love that, folks. We're going to see some of that. But there has to be some virtual conferences that are taking place that we could partake in throughout the year. And so I'm currently looking at this place called FanCons.com. And FanCons.com is, is providing this list of 2021 worldwide horror conventions. And on this list, it also provides an update on who's going to be online virtually versus those that, that are going to be on ground or those even canceled. So I encourage you all to go check it out. I myself would like to partake in that and see what's going on at some of these, because unfortunately 
In the South, we don't get that. Everybody's up in North. They're in Denver. They're West. You know, we don't get it down here in the South. Maybe that's something for us to consider. But I think at the end of the day, I think there's an opportunity for more virtual options Mm -hmm. and bringing in a new wave of of, of enthusiasts to attend such conventions who probably may never have gotten a chance to to participate before. That's an excellent point, Billy. And to be honest with you, that sounds phenomenal. I know that in a lot of the conventions that they've gone Mm -hmm. online, they're they're doing scheduling for if they, you know, people still, you know, people would go to conventions sometime, whether it's a horror convention or a comic convention, and they'll pay to meet their favorite celebrity or whatever. Now they're doing the same thing, but they're doing it virtually. And so I think that's a great idea. And you also raise a very valid point. Uh, you know, for the people listening in South Florida, there is a horror, uh, there is a horror convention in Florida, but it doesn't go further than Orlando. It's spooky empire. And it's, it's fairly sizable convention but it's either orlando or tampa and they don't go that's south the one yep that's yep. the one in tampa right and yep. so the, the one in orlando and tampa that's the one i've been to spooky empire yes that's the one okay so for us for those of you listening we say south florida but if you're in miami tampa and and orlando are about four hours away from us yeah so they're more north of us. so when when billy is talking about the north he's absolutely right and typically those conventions don't come from the south and so i think it would be a great opportunity as you stated, Billy, to continue to have some of those conventions where you can participate online and just have a full gambit and schedule of things that people can do uh, to participate virtually from the safety of their own home, but obviously still have a good time and not uh, miss out. Mm. That's a very good point. Very good point. And I also have to share, folks, you know, we talk a lot about films and and things that we could, the the visualization that we see through film and, and culture and that nature. Um, and, and including the, theatrical productions, but there's another area too that we can explore, and that is what's coming on the on the horizon for books. There's a lot of great book in art as well, in art culture. So the convention is beyond the film, right? It definitely provides another genre of interest. But there are some really cool books or options that are coming out as well. I can't even pick out any. I haven't had the time to read any, but I do know that you know some of everyone, at least for me, I always like to come back to the classics. But there is a book you gave me, Nadine, for Christmas two years ago that you actually you gave to me. It's here on the shelf, and it's a horror classic that I hope mm-hmm. to dive in as well. So I have like a menu. Any books that are usually sitting on the shelf, you know, Nadine can see me right now, but you all can't. It always, those are the books that are in the queue that I want to read. And, you know, and, I'm, and usually I'm reading two or three at a time. So after this academic term ends by May, I want my life back so I can start enjoying these things and creating but I would also say that there is some opportunities there for some classic works, including for children's books. But graphic novels are going to make a great comeback this year, especially yeah. with some new horror interests. And so for fans, if you got any um, topics or readings out there that you would recommend that we should read or feature, let us know. You know how to reach us. Yeah, and I, I'm really glad that you brought up the graphic novel uh, portion of it. There is a lot of classic characters that they are bringing back in new volumes and graphic novels. And for those people listening, these are phenomenal characters. I mean, if you've never read Spawn, I know the movie was not very good, but the actual comics and the graphic novels of Spawn are absolutely amazing. And there is a heavy horror element to Spawn if you've never seen it before, especially uh, on HBO. It used to play and um, Todd McFarlane would come on. And he would give a whole intro because he was the creator of Spawn. He would give a whole intro to the show. And it was it was dark. It was creepy because in the end of the day, Spawn is a demon. But I 
I agree with you that there should be a resurgence, and there probably going to be of those graphic novels. Mm-hmm. And I think people should really kind of embrace that. And whether some people prefer to read paperbacks, you know, I know some people prefer just to, to hold the physical graphic novel book or comic book, whatever it is, as opposed to reading it online. However you do it, I definitely think that people should kind of immerse themselves um, in it. And also, if you immerse yourself in a graphic novel that they haven't made into a movie or a show yet, maybe that gives you something to look forward to. Mm, very good point. And folks, you're listening live to Fright Talk. Our topic tonight is pop culture, horror topics. If you'd like to speak to us, call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And if you prefer instead to send us some questions, I actually got a few coming in on my end too, Nadine. So we'll start taking those questions. We love to use your questions, folks, because they help guide our conversation. That's what's super neat about this. And we it takes us into new territories. Before we get to that, though, Nadine, check this out. Ever heard of Horror University? I have not. And I'm going to read this. It says, Horror University is one of the most successful and popular aspects of StokerCon. And we are proud to present another great series of workshops for StokerCon under this name. What a cool concept, actually. That is amazing. You know, I've never heard of that. That's a really cool. great idea. So this con, so this con StokerCon, which looks at all horror, there's a Horror mm-hmm. Writers Association, which I'm very interested in joining and, you know, for you and us to consider. Mm-hmm. And this right. association looks at, obviously, all things writers and horror, but they have a horror university where they offer this menu of workshops that are available. And they're beginning, they're, ask, they're actually doing a pitch right now for proposals for topics. And so there's great opportunity, folks, that are out there. I think thanks to COVID, the way that we're looking at horror in pop culture is transformed. It's not the same as it was a year ago. And in right. the previous two pandemic, it's so funny. Now, now we look at before Corona, you know, BC meaning before Corona <laughs> and then after Corona AC. Right. <laughs> and yep. so this is a great opportunity for us, but we do have some questions here and Nadim, I got one for you. Check this out. All right. Max, who is a usual listener to us, Max, thank yes, you for listening to the show. Um, Max says, do you guys subscribe to Shutter? What do you think of the app or other apps like it? So I do not. Um, I used to subscribe to Monsters and Mayhem, mm-hmm. um, which I enjoyed, but I did find their content uh, limited uh, for my taste. But it was good content, what they had. Just I, I, I just felt that my opinion was that it was a bit limited. I know, Billy, that you had Shudder for some time. Now, let me tell you this. I have seen the Shudder uh, remake of Creepshow, and it is absolutely amazing. So props to Shudder, because I have seen... Uh, some of the shows on it, and it is very, very good. It, you have to understand that with all these streaming services, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, they have their own horror genres. And I know it's not just a streaming service about horror like Shudder is, but there's so much content to go through that for a lot of folks, they may say to themselves, well, why get another streaming service? But I can tell you that for the shows I've seen in Shudder, especially the Creep Show, They've done an amazing job. So, uh, you know, hats off to them. And I, Billy, I know you subscribe to Shudder. Mm-hmm, I do. I, uh, last summer, in the middle of the pandemic, you know, I was telling you about it. I was going back and forth and, and reading some of the comments and reviews, trying to get some feedback digitally from the digital rhetoric about it. And I decided to, you know, hunker down and get it. And I'll share it for like $59. I'm getting a lot. It's $59 annually. And it was, I don't know what it is today if the joining is, but I know that's what it was in June of 2020. And 
What's neat is it's similar to what Nadine said. If you grew up in the horror generations like we did, you'd appreciate Shudder more because of the fact that it gives a, a lot of classic stuff is there that you can't find available or that you may be lucky to get in a YouTube free video that will be commercial ridden, uh, right. uh, you know, or you may find a couple of releases on Netflix. However, it gives you a lot of the classic stuff that you no longer can find that's only available on VHS. But also, it does provide some of its own original content, which is super cool, like the Creep Show franchise, which has been really amazing to watch. And yeah. they've been releasing different other types of shows, even some docu-series on there that are crazy cool. So I would say, Max, you know, try and see what works for you. Yes, the digital rhetoric is out there. You can see what people say. But for me, I think Shutter works well. And it works well for me to watch on my iPad. You know, I have an iPad Pro, so I'm able to see it and, and watch it at night. It's super easy to navigate. It's just like Napster. Um, Napster, listen to me. Vincent, <laughs> you just dated yourself, Billy. Now that's horror. Napster, it's just that like is Napster. Right. And yeah. so in that regard, um, in, in that regard, um, I, I have to say that I'm, I'm super delighted that I'm able to, to enjoy it. But it is another subscription. If you start adding up these subscriptions, Max, you know, just make sure they work with your budget. Right, right. And, and you know, with the Creepshow franchise, that kind of ties into what we were talking about before, because Creepshow was a comic book before it was a show. So people who may watch Creepshow on Shudder may say, I wonder how I can see those original uh, graphic novels or those original comics. Very good. Uh, yeah. Question for yeah. you, Billy. I have a question here. says, what do you guys think? This is from Ted, by the way. What do you guys think of the Hellraiser reboot? Now, Billy, I know you're a fan of the original Hellraiser movies. Um, I'm not sure about which reboot specifically he's talking about. Is there a new reboot of Hellraiser? So, or is, or is he talking about the sequels? Like the last. Com- yeah, there, there was a conversation that I I caught maybe maybe a month ago, that um, Clyde Barker was interested in a reboot to reintroduce the brand. Because there's been like 10 sequels, like nine sequels to the original. And one of the things that people have given as a feedback is that it's great that these sequels keep coming out, but they're not following the book, the Hellbound Heart series. They're not following the series. And so folks are really looking at an opportunity for something new. So if they're going to do it, the gentleman who played... Um, Hellraiser before, he's now older. Mm. And he was also Clyde Barker's best, best friend, the one oh. who played um, Pinhead. And so right. now folks are different. They're looking for a new cast and a new generation to introduce it. So pe- it may work well for the generation, but it's done so well with the iconic images and, and messages that it sent in the past. If you're going to do this reboot, it's like an all or nothing. They got to make it work. So I've heard about it, Ted. Um, I, I don't have more to offer. I'm curious to see what comes of it. But we'll see. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, and, and I'm generally not not a fan of reboots in general, the, the, regardless of the genre. There's some that I think that are, are very well done. I've mentioned before the Rob Zombies, Halloweens that I thought were very good. Uh, but in general, if it was that good originally, that it was able to create such fanfare and have a cult following – I don't know. I don't know what more you want from the franchise. It gave you what you wanted originally. Now, if people are watching it today and they're like, "Well, maybe I don't dig it because maybe you have to be an '80s child to dig it," uh, which I don't think so, but maybe. 
I think that if you have to appreciate the original of any film for what it is, and maybe not necessarily, oh, I think I could do better than the original. That's just my mm. opinion. That's a good point. I'll also say that Pin- the Hellraiser franchise has also spawned an interest in all kinds of fetish wear and costumes, too. Yeah. So there's a whole... I think when people are seeing it now, because we didn't look at all that then, we were just creeped out by what we saw. I think what people are seeing today is, well, there's all this artistry in all aspects of the film that help reinforce what it becomes. And so I'm curious if they're going to do it, you got to do it right, folks. I hope these reboots make it because we've seen some in the past and they were a disaster. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a disaster. You know, uh, here's a question for you, Nadine. Grant wants to know, are there any, we talked about this already, but any books you'd like to read in 2021 that are horror? He says, I'm reading Bram Stoker's Dracula for the first time. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, so... My favorite books. Yeah, that's a very good book. I, I do have a recommendation. It is not new, though. This is not a new book. Mm-hmm. But most people have only seen the movie and have not read the book. And I think it falls under the horror genre. Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. If you read the original Jurassic Park novel, so for those of you that haven't read it, the original Jurassic Park novel is basically movies one and two combined in one novel. That's the first novel. And it's just like most books in comparison to movies, just has so much more detail. I always consider, and I love the movies, I always consider Jurassic Park to be the horror genre because here you have dinosaurs attacking people. To me, that's horror. And so even though that's not a new book, that is a book I'd like to recommend to people because a lot of people just watch the shows or watch the movie. There's a show also, but they watch the movie and they don't read the book. And I think that you'd garner even a greater appreciation for the movies and the show if you read the book. Mm, You know, I have to share this. When you think of those movies like Jurassic Park, it's true. The genre, they don't put it on the horror. They put it on their action film, right? Right. Because it's all outdoors. Anytime there's more greenery, there's going to be action, right? <laughs> it's all outdoors. But then, folks, the horror is the foundation. Try running from a thing, a, a pterodactyl or, or yeah. triceratops, okay? <laughs> Try running right. from a brontosaurus that's standing out of his way. <laughs> so, I, like, so, to me, that's horror. You know, you can't yeah. escape that. that. That's not fun, but the concept of Jurassic Park is really awesome. And I'm very excited to hear. I'm always excited to see movies like that. Here's my question to you, Nadine. Why am I okay with that being a reboot or a remake or King Kong, right? right. Versus another Michael Myers or Jason or Freddy Krueger. So, first of all, because I think there's more Michael Myers and, and Jason and Freddy movies. Um True. I feel True. the Halloween movie franchise, Halloween specifically, has been very saturated with sequels. Mm. And I feel that the more sequels, I mean, hello, Halloween H2O. I mean, the more sequels that come out, the more it's like, and I know you're trying, the, the, I know the purpose is that you're trying to gain the attention of a younger audience. Right, So if you had a movie that came out 10 years ago, now you want to come out with another movie in the same franchise to you know, gain the viewers or the, the teenagers that would want to see those type of horror movies. Um, the thing is, I, I, I really feel like, you know, when it comes to another Halloween movie, I can't say to myself, what else are you going to do? You've done what you're going to do. Um, 
to me, when they came out with Freddy versus Jason, I'm like, okay, this this is kind of it. It's something people wanted for years. There was always a debate in the 80s who would win. And they finally come out with that movie, which, you know, it is what it is. But I just feel that sometimes when the sequels go on and on and on, mm-hmm. it really saturates the movie franchise. I feel that way specifically about Halloween than I do about Jurassic Park because I remember uh, I've seen the Jurassic Park movies. I don't think any of them are as good as the first one, in my opinion. Um, and I feel the same way about the Halloween movies. The only thing I, I I'll put it this way: I was more okay with the remake Rob Zombie did than watching the sequels that came after. Mm. Mm, that's a good point. I agree. And also too, let's also shout out to Rob Zombie. What's such a great yeah. name, great history, you know, a uh, history right. and work history and filming and music. It's just so cool that you have certain icons in the game who are still respected as generations mature or are introduced to the franchises. And I think that's the piece that happens that often those who came in with the original face, I'll use aliens as an example. And, right. You know, Sigourney Weaver was young. She was a young actress at the time. She portrayed this in the late seventies. And as they mature, those characters are so strong and they're so iconic. They, you know, fans want them back. Like, if you're going to make this reboot, you better have X, Y, and Z in the storyline, or I'm not watching it, right? So there has to be that bait. But at some point, people expire. And so, it, you know, 20, 100 years from now, look at what, what, um, what was his name? Bell Lugosi? I forgot his name, who played Dracula initially. Yeah, Bell I mean, Lugosi. It's, it's 100 years later, and we've had many more Draculas than folks who played him. And so it is time, and I think it's time for us to come up with something new and something current. And by the way, while we're speaking on that, those of you who are listening to the show, we're almost a half hour into the show, by the way. Thank you for your love. We just want to give you a shout out on that phone line for 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And I see that you're not shy. We're getting some things coming in more rapidly now, Nadim. The questions are, are great, but everyday folks listen at gmail.com and frighttalkguys at gmail.com is also coming in and also um, in tabs. And by the way, we just got a little notice here that came in um, from Havana Gill. Um, yesterday, Netflix released a trailer for Army of the Dead, May 21st, from Zack Snyder on YouTube. What? Ooh, that is that so great. Thank you, Havana girl. Thank you, Havana girl. Gil, thank you so that much. That sounds awesome. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Army of Dead. Oh, that's that's a great one. Now, and that Netflix. Good job, Netflix. You know, Netflix. Yeah. Are you ever going to like Netflix? Have a nice menu of of scary movies and they shows. Don't disappoint. They, they don't, don't disappoint. disappoint. I mean, I got turned on to Sabrina thanks to Nadim. <laughs> You know the, the 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 dark adventures of Sabrina. Am I saying it right? The chilling adventures, yeah. Yeah, the chilling adventures. I, it's so much fun to watch. It's graphically stunning. It's just great, yes, great, yes. great quality work. And how? Hey, listen, have you seen the trailer? Which uh, I didn't see until the other day for the Cruella movie, the Cruella Deville. Oh so, uh, yeah, it is yeah. dark, and I was like, it's okay, very I dark. Dig I dig it. I dig it. it. Yes. All right, Billy. I have a question for you here. From let's go with Monica. What are your predictions about Halloween 2021, Billy? Hmm. So Halloween is a holiday, I'm assuming, right? Well, yeah, I, I think so. 
Uh, so, folks, last year we did a segment previous to 2020 COVID Halloween on ways in which we could celebrate. What I'm going to make a prediction this year, this year is a lot of those celebrations and ideas mm-hmm. that emanated from that they are going to carry over where people are perfecting. And we also are recogni- recognizing that people are becoming more, as, as the society gets more vac- vaccinated, things are going to slowly progress to some normalcy. But I will tell you this, Halloween 2021 will still be virtual. There'll be some new insights or more expertise insights in how we virtually celebrate. That includes how we virtually trick-or-treat, how we made um, um, home hauntings um, and, and creations, and as well as some virtual options. So like last year, one of the things that I thought was super cool that I think will go forward, be very popular, are these escape rooms and horror escape murder mystery parties and all that. I think those things are going to still be around a bit and people are going to want to engage. But I also think as people become more um, vaccinated and, and, and more uh, comfortable with the guidelines that are going on, folks, make sure you listen to your CDC guidelines. I think we're going to see people also start milling about and trying to find some sense of normalcy with the old traditional ways of celebrating. What do you think, Nadine? It's just an early prediction. There's so much can still unfold in 2021 for sure. But what do you yeah. think? It is an early prediction, but I think that now people have had more time to get creative. I agree with you that I believe that this year is not going to be fully back to normal things because of the pandemic. But I think we're it will be inching closer to the normal that we know. Not 100% normal, absolutely not, but maybe closer to the normal that we that we know and that we're accustomed to. I think that when Halloween 2020 came around, the big question was like, how are we going to celebrate? What are we going to do? And I think people figured it out. And people figured it out. You know, we did a whole segment on it, and people still had a good time for Halloween. Was it the same? No, but just because it's not the same doesn't mean it's not good. And just because it's not the same doesn't mean it's not fun. Mm. And so I think that now people say, okay, we know things are not going to be 100% back to normal. What did we do in 2020 for Halloween if we did something? And let's change it up or let's do the same thing because we enjoyed it. So I think that people that want to get their hon on and celebrate most definitely will. But I agree with you. There's still going to be elements of that 2020 Halloween celebration in the 2021 Halloween celebration. Mm, good point. Very good point. Here's one for you, Nadine. This is from Paul. He says, are there any horror light YouTube videos that you follow that you like or could recommend? So, okay, there we've seen quite a few videos, Billy, where yeah. people do the walkthroughs through the through the abandoned spaces. One, which those are always interesting, and then the walkthroughs through haunted places too, that we've seen as well. Um, so many people do it. The truth is that so many people do it that I can't recommend one person specifically to subscribe to their channel. However, I think it's more based upon what you are looking for. Because if you put haunted house walkthrough, you're going to see all types of things on YouTube. But if you're specific about the location, maybe haunts in Florida or specific names of places, I think that that you might be better off that way. If you're subscribing just to one YouTube channel that does certain horror elements, maybe they don't do everything you're looking for. So I think you might be better off just... If you want to see those haunting walkthroughs or those haunting, I think you might be better off looking for specific places. If you want to just look in general, I think you can just put in general and then find one that you like because 
the truth is everybody's taste is different. And their tolerance for horror is also different. What they could take when they're seeing on YouTube is not the same for everybody. Mm, very true. You know, as we were talking about that, on YouTube, I found myself last year watching more of these drive-through or drive-up or drive-in horror attractions where people will park their car and the actors would come out and spook folks from the comfort of their, their cars, trying to open doors and things like that. I think that's going to be a, something, uh, an, an added uh, attraction again this year, but perhaps something that will perpetually continue in the future too. So you get into these really creative options that are coming out. And I'll be honest, I'm super cool. I'm watching these videos. I couldn't tell you the specific YouTubers because also I want to give everybody their equal fair share on this show. <laughs> but we can also say that there's some out there. I find myself being like a member of the family or the car or the car uh, the car group experiencing it from the point of view of the folks inside the car. So it's super cool, and I think that there will be more of that. Got a question coming in, Nadine. This one's interesting. Um, this one's from Priscilla. Hey, Priscilla, I think I know you. Um, I understand about horror franchise saturation, and I agree. What makes Halloween interesting to me is the fact that the franchise has, has spanned decades, yet somehow has found a way to speak to fear across generations. And let's be honest, isn't Jamie Lee Curtis timeless? Just saying. You folks are awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Priscilla. She is. And that's important when you get those kind of iconic characters. And I think we need to learn from the classics, Priscilla especially. For instance, having a Jamie Lee Curtis or Sigourney Weaver, for instance, those icons are what made the film. I remember them as equally as I do the storyline, if not even more. And think about that, Nadim, and of all the films you've seen, like, look, think of the movie The Thing, which is super cool, by the way. Could you remember the name of any character? No. See, but I remember the monsters and the things that I saw. Right, right. But I don't remember the characters, right? Or they're not right. Or Freddy Krueger. Okay, obviously, if you're gonna be Freddy Krueger, no one is better than Freddy Krueger than than Robert England, right? But he's so funny, and he has all these little slapbacks and snapbacks that come out. Freddy Krueger is the name, but then you get other characters like Jason and Michael, who don't talk at all, who never stay dead even when they're knocked down, but they keep getting back up and coming back, right? And so. We know their names. We may know the doctor from Michael Myers, right? We may yeah. know the mom from Jason, from Jason Voorhees, but we don't, but that's it. These, it's so interesting. So therefore, we're going to introduce it to new generations. Probably got to take a look at these classics and can consider each of these options because there's right. something that's running there, a common thread among them in terms of an identity that helps saturate the audience with the character mm-hmm. or circumstance or even see all the above. Yeah, and, and I agree with Priscilla. Jamie Lee Curtis is timeless. timeless. As a matter of fact, um, if you've never seen the Scream Queens show, she's in it. And it's actually, it's horror slash funny. I find it more funny than it is horror, but it has a horror element because it's about, you know, a killer. Uh, but I'll also say about the Halloween franchise, yes, absolutely right. It has spanned for quite some time. But the movie's, I find them to be less scary with every new Halloween movie. Mm. I believe the originals were probably scarier than, you know, the more recent ones. That is not to say that I'm, I won't watch another one. It's just kind of like, I don't know, Billy, do you ever get the feeling with a Jason or a Halloween movie? Like a been there, done that? 
I do, but you know what? I'm also I'm 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 still drawn to some for some aspect because I'm loyal to the brand, and I think that's what happened. <laughs> some people are just loyal to the brand. It's like, oh no, I know it's going. It may not be live up live up to my first original moment, but I ha- that's the part that people have to re- recognize. You're never going to have the impact, especially if you like the film for good reasons, at the magnitude that you got it when you first watched it. So when you do arrive at it, you have to arrive at it through open lenses with the possibility that it may not live up from that first emotional roller coaster or feel that you had, but instead we enjoy the aesthetic appreciation of what it's worth. Right. And, you know, and I get being loyal to the brand, but there's a point for me. Like, I could be loyal to Jason until I have Jason in space. Now I'm no longer loyal to Jason because <laughs> that's ridiculous and it's an insult to my intelligence to have Jason yes. in space. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yeah. So was, you know who else was in space? Was it? I think um, uh, Pinhead was out there too in space. Pinhead, think, Leprechaun was <laughs> Leprechaun was in Vegas and in space. He okay? was in the hood too. He was <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood. I remember that movie. All right, dude, I have a question for you from Jasp. Says the new installation of The Conjuring is coming out in June. Are you guys going to watch it? Yes, I would absolutely love to watch it. Are you? Do you really like The Conjuring? Okay. So, I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm willing to watch it. I've never seen it. Is that the one with the nun? Well, she's part of it. And there's also the doll. So, the doll also. Some... See, this is the thing about the Oh, the, the doll. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I don't find wait, that that's Annabelle. Annabelle no. But they're, they're oh. all tied, though. There's some significant ties somehow to each of these characters, which is what's happening with the franchise. The, care, the, the, the creators want to start using, like, because the nun was part of the country. It was a backstory. It was just, like, the nun was like a temporary character in one episode moment. But people were so excited about the nun, they said, you know what? I'm going to make a movie off of the nun now. So the, the, the secondary characters become primary ones in others' series, right? I think that's a super cool idea. You know, so and now if we take that back into time, you know, think of all, I mean, we can't use slasher films as an example, but maybe the movie Phantasm, the man that would always chase the boy and right. he was always in the little silver balls and the little minion thing. What if we mm-hmm. had a movie that was only about the minions or only about the little silver ball? You know, like I'm just thinking of some options. I think that's super cool that we're able to do that. I don't know. I, I, I think that that's, that's a good question. Conjuring to me is akin to me to, I'm trying to think of one that when you hear it all the time, it's like, I can't do this again. I just can't. And I don't want to knock a movie, so I just won't say it. So I'm okay with watching The Conjuring, but I'm probably definitely not going to see it in the film. Obviously, not see it in the theaters. I probably wait for it to be released so I can watch it in the confines of my home. So I got one yeah, for you, Nadine. I'm interested. I'm interested to see it. Um, I just have a, so I'm going to mention this because. Go ahead. Uh, okay, Ooh, so first of all, I, I just got a message on my phone. So Havana Gill is actually a friend of mine. So now I know who Havana Gill is. Okay, and also he sent me a, a a cult classic movie recommending that we watch it, the Battle Royale official horror movie. I know that they came out with the Battle Royale, yeah. Like so, it must have been a remake that they came out with a few years ago because the one he's showing me is is rather old. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe we have to feature that. That might be a film to watch, Nadine. Right and here. Thank you, Nadine. Thank you. You'll appreciate it. Hey, I got one for you. Spencer wants to know, are you looking forward to the American Horror Season 10 franchise? Because, you know, we were on pause last year due to the pandemic. 
you and I, we talk a lot about American Horror Story in the past, mm-hmm. and I like it. I love the franchise because mm-hmm. there's not, you know, in the time in which it was was birthed, there was nothing else like it, right? And yeah. even though we got Creep Show now that's coming out, I still don't see Creep Show and American Horror Story in the same lane. They're, they serve, they all are in the horror genre, but they so they serve different purposes, and I'm appreciative of that. But I am personally looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to the next franchise? I am. See, one of the issues that I that I've encountered with American Horror Story, as great it is as it is, and it is great. Um, somewhere around episode six or seven, I'm, I loses my interest, and then I have to feel like I have to force myself to watch it to see where it's going. That's not mm-hmm. with every season. That depends on the theme of the show. Like, so for example, the the one where there was like a circus or carnival. Yeah, season four. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Okay. Pretty so sure. that one lost interest a little bit, to be honest. The one of the coven, absolutely loved. The the first season of the house, absolutely loved. Um, the second season of the asylum, loved the first half of the season. Not crazy about the last, right? So, as far as heart, I don't even know what's the the Roanoke was genius. What's the theme? Do you know the theme so, this year, Bobby? Yeah, they released it, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this super fast as we're talking because I saw it, but I do know Macaulay Culkin is in it. Okay, He's well, one of the stars in it. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> So there's yeah, he's in it. it. Got it. <laughs> Here it comes. So yeah, so they're talking about it, and, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna read this courtesy of Digital Spy. Digital Spy has some great information that's coming out, you know. And and this they said from this year, the theme for Tins One is gonna be called. Uh, hold on, I'm looking for it, folks, because I saw it revealed to deadline of the American Horror Story. Okay. They haven't come up with the final name of it yet from what I've seen, but they are trying to debut in October. So there are some struggling with some type of lines that they're looking at, including um, – so it's, it's interesting. I, they don't, and I thought I saw it somewhere, but there's nothing – unless any of you are listening live, have you seen the trailer for it or anything for it? There's no trailer, but any promos or teasers for it, let us know what it is. But I do know that they're going to be releasing. They've been filming. They're going to release. And several folks have reported, I do want to say this as well, Sarah Paulson, um, oh my gosh, my favorite actress who played in Misery. Oh my gosh, she's going to kill me. <laughs> but she, say it again? Kathy Bates? Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, mm-hmm. uh, Macaulay, they were all spotted in the Northeast region of America in this town where they're filming the movie. And so okay. and it was supposed, it's, from what I'm hearing from the things, it was this combination. Some people say, oh, it's going to be more like a werewolf. This one's going to be more like a, a mix of a hybrid of the, of the difference. It's going to bring in different aspects of other films, like a little bit of the witches, but, you know, not bringing back the house, but maybe some element of the asylum. So then they just mash up and cross over. The point here is that there is a combination of veterans from the franchise as well as newcomers who are coming in that are going to make this even more interesting. So, but there will be some crossover of characters from different seasons into the storyline somehow yeah. to give some backstory. I think, you know what, now I remember, it might even be New Orleans. So there was some, it's somewhere, there, there's, there's okay. a speculation, I, I can't recall where it was, but looking forward to it. I thank everyone, thank you for the question, Spencer. I think it's worth watching out for. And I really enjoyed the the 1984 season, by the way. Yeah. I thought the slasher one. I thought that that was very good as well. Have a question here for you from Bob. Billy, Bob wants to know: Have either of you considered creating a Halloween haunt of your own? 
Oh, yes. And so, Bob, you just spoke my, my love language of Halloween. <laughs> so I have had, Bob, this vision. Okay? So walk with me down visionary lane, Fright Talk style. And the, the thought was this. You know, thank you, COVID, by the way. But <laughs> the goal was I would love to turn a part of the entrance of my annual Halloween party at my house into this horror scare zone with some small actor, you know, you know, local actors who would play the role. So people, in order to get to the party, you got to walk through the haunted maze. So I'm looking forward to it. I wish, truly, truly wish that I I can do that. I don't know if that's going to go down this year. But definitely, I personally want to do something. I shared it with the dean last year. I shared it with a few others as well. I would definitely love, love, love to do it. What about you? Would you like to as well consider it or create it? You know, I I would love to create one. I've been involved through the years in different haunted houses as a scarer, as the person Mm -hmm. doing the scaring and coming up with ideas coming up with what, you know, themed rooms you're going to do and stuff like that. And I absolutely love the process. There's just something interesting about being the one behind the curtain, you know? So um, having said that, I think that if we weren't in a pandemic and things like that, I would most definitely like to create some sort of um, hunt. And I think outside, if the weather is good, outside is scarier than inside. Yeah. Corn oh. maze. I mean, you know, something like that. Yeah. I definitely think that that would, uh, that would be scary. And I think people will be down for it, to be honest with you. They would. The only problem is, folks, if you live in South Florida where the weather is unpredictable, right, every hour of the day. And, right. it, and our Octobers are not like what we see on TV. You know, I mm-hmm. see these other places and I'm like, wow, look, they have winter and fall leaves. They have hayrides. Mosquitoes. <laughs> and yeah, less mud. humidity. Yeah. Right. So those are our horror attractions. But but nonetheless, though, I, I would definitely hopefully we'll see what happens. But I do put something out. Since, um, who was that speaking, by the way? Who was the author of that? The, Bob. the speaker? Bob. Bob. OK, Bob. Yeah, I do put some things out, but, you know, more in than out. But then last year, I just wasn't feeling the spirit to put everything in or out because, hey, we were in COVID. So hopefully that'll change. Folks, we're coming down to the last 15 minutes of our show. And if you have any last-minute requests or questions or comments, email them at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, frighttalkguys at gmail.com, in tabs on Instagram, and, of course, you can call 347-539-5372. Got one for you, Nadim. Jessica wants to know, since I was a kid, I've always wanted to stay at a haunted bed and breakfast. Have you guys stayed at one, or would you consider doing it in the future? When I was uh, 13, 14 years old, I believe I was 13, went with my parents. My brother and I went with my parents to uh, on a road trip to Tennessee, and we stayed in a bed and breakfast in Bristol, Tennessee, um, which is essentially in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but either case, this bed and breakfast, and this is no lie, um, was directly across the street from the cemetery. How cool. The house itself was lovely. From what I recall, because it's a long time ago, the house was lovely in the outside. In the inside, we showed up, and this woman had an obsession with some particular country singer, and it was some country singer that played in the Lucille Ball show her cousin, her her cousin or something like that. But he was a country singer. I mean, 
they had this stuff everywhere. It was, now thinking back, it was kind of sounds like a misery situation. It had like pictures everywhere, or whatever. But that wasn't. I mean, that was odd. But that wasn't creepy. What was creepy was that I just felt it was an odd feeling because you'd walk out in the morning and you'd come back at night and you're just staring at a cemetery. Yeah. And 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 I just felt and that you know that was when I was 13 years old and I remember the cemetery across the street, what it looked like. I, re- I mean, it had a mesh uh, fence, but you could clearly see it was a cemetery. And I remember more or less the, the pattern of the, the, the flat of the house. And so I have stayed in a bed and breakfast, not in, as an adult though, but as a child, I did across from the cemetery. Obviously we didn't know it was going to be across from the cemetery when we, well, maybe my parents did. I don't know. Um, That's crazy. But yeah, it was a How about you, Billy? Are you ever staying in a, Bed and breakfast, or for that matter, any place haunted? Yes, in St. Augustine. So stayed at, and I'm trying to remember the name. This was 15, 17 years ago, actually, almost 20 years ago. Um, I was there, you know, riding through, passing through with a group of colleagues, and we were coming from a conference, and we said, you know what? You know, and some of them happened to be enthusiasts like us of, of horror. So we'd say, hey, maybe we can come back on our way through, and we'll stay in, in, in St. Augustine. And we could stay a, a night in a in Airbnb, you know, a, a, a branded uh, not Airbnb, a bed and breakfast. And mm-hmm. so we stayed there. You know, the folks were great. The owners lived on the premises, obviously. And so, and it was a small, it was a, a small town, but the houses were nearby. You know, so it wasn't isolated. But you know, the the, the owner did a great job. Uh, the owners did a great job of really making the experience worthwhile by keeping everything in period inside our rooms. And as well as having memorabilia to really re- entice and reinforce the creepy aspects of it. And it was just great. So can't recall the name of the place, but it wasn't St. Augustine. And the cool thing is down today with COVID, things are a little different. But I would say these things will return to normalcy once we're back on ground. I say go for it. And it's even fun when you do it with another person. You know, So if you go by yourself, you're going to get creeped out. But if you go with two or three or four other people... It's just much more fun because, and if you're a YouTuber, what a cool way to get some footage, of course, with permission of the owners of the premises. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Billy, I have a question here for uh, for you from Denver, and Denver listens to our show all the time because I, yep. they're always writing in questions. So thank you, Denver, so much for listening. Denver says, I hear Forever Purge is going to be good. What do you make of the Purge franchise? Now, I have to tell you, Billy, that I think the idea – of the Purge movies was very original. I liked mm-hmm. it. I yeah. liked it very much. I liked, and I saw the Purge movies. What I did not see was the Purge show. Okay, because there's a, a Purge show, which I did not see. I did see the movies, and I liked the movie franchise. I just found the concept to be interesting because it, it, it kind of, you know, it dives in to the human mind and how you can be this, you know, 364 days out of the year, you can be a a well-mannered, polite person, and that one day people just go nuts. And I just found that concept, like, just fascinating, right? And I found it to be fresh and original. So I have liked the movies, and I would definitely like to see any new Purge movies that come out as well. What about you, Billy? Are you a, a Purge fan? Yeah, I am. I am. I love the Purge, and... I love everything about it. You know what's interesting about it is because I look at the Purge and I look at the the primary focus, the point of view of the characters of which is, you know, who's focused. 
they're like the age of my students. <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I need to be nice to my students because there's a purge night. They're coming for me. And so <laughs> even not necessarily the one I heard, of course, they're great people. But it's just, hey, Dr. James is already kind of crazy. So let's have some fun with him, right? So it really brings in that identity, perhaps, that what if there was a, a night, a, a spree night, right? A free night or a week that would allow this. That's crazy. And that I thought the crazy. concept was phenomenal. And the neat thing, too, about the purge is that there are these, uh, these underlying plots or, uh, or secondary level plots that are within the storyline that make you realize, especially today, <clears throat> you know, looking at, you know, three or four installations in, it's more than just the killing now. It goes deeper and it's darker and it's fascinating. What can people do when given the autonomy to do the unthinkable? It just pushes that envelope. Denver, I think it's great, and I definitely will be watching when it comes out. Definitely. Yeah, and the show, I, I saw about one or two episodes. It intrigued me, but I, you know how it is. There's just so much to watch and so much to do. It's hard to keep up. But I yeah. definitely am interested in the movies, and um, I would definitely like to see the any new movie that comes out of The Purge. I would love to see that as well. Yeah. Billy, I have another question here for us, and we kind of discussed this earlier, and we discussed this in another show as well. This is from Lisa. If we're excited, are you guys excited about the Candyman remake? Lisa, uh, no. Billy, go ahead. What's your answer? <laughs> so I, I – I, you know, it's funny because I, I admire the Candyman original, and I recently, just as an aside, I saw him. Robin England, the original Freddie, and the, the not the original Freddie, the original um, Michael Myers and the original Jason all posed for a picture. And they're all older gentlemen now. It was just so super cool. They were at some super con a couple of years ago. And so I would say yes to the extent that I'd like to see what they do with it because the storyline itself is just a little more predictable than the other stories. I mean, not that any slasher isn't, but this one kind of brings on, on, on in, in the real world and then supernatural so it, it teeters on a fence of some coolness, but I'm curious to see what they do with it. I do know that later this year it will be coming out. So it would be like an August-like release unless they ch- decide to change it. So I'm looking forward to it, Lisa. I'd love to see what happens with it and definitely we'll be, we'll be reviewing it or discussing it at some point in the show. Yeah. Deep, I got one for you. Chris wants to know, TikTok is a cool tool. Do you think TikTok will play a role in, in a future film or book? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, so, I think so. I'm kind of surprised social media hasn't played more role in horror movies. I believe that one of the first mm, horror thriller movies to kind of touch upon the whole, like, text messaging thing back and forth. Yeah. Like Swim. You remember Swim yep. Fan? Yep, I do. But I... I feel like it's not really, I mean, you know, you see a movie or a movie and they're texting each other or whatever, maybe social media posts at a party or whatever, but I don't feel that they, I don't feel like it's highlighted specifically in any horror movie, um, not any that I've seen anyway. So obviously we know TikTok is a big thing, um, as is Snapchat, as is Instagram. So, you know, I, I think it would make sense to include it, but mm-hmm. how much? I mean, I think a younger generation would be into social media, horror movies. I think um, a generation, um, if you are in your 30s, 
40s and on, mm-hmm. you may not find it as, inter- as interesting. I don't think I would want to watch a horror movie if it's based off just like a social media type, you know, a social media killer or whatever the case is. You know, I don't I don't know if that would interest me. Does, does that pique your interest at all, Billy? Depends on the point of view, how it's brought in. Uh, and I've seen, there was one movie, because I guess every time you see them, they always, because who's more likely to use these things is a certain generational pool or bo- a population that will engage. So you got to have characters that are doing that. If you put like our grandparents there, it may not have the same impact, right? And so therefore it begins to lose its effect because of the unique, it's bound in a space that's for time to that particular generation. But if we did it, if we use it as a backdrop, as a starting base, and intertwined right. it somehow within some of the other stuff. Now, that would be super cool. And so I'm curious to see what can come out of that. But TikTok would be cool. I think people doing all kind of TikTok stuff and videos of watching themselves, filming themselves in a selfie, and all of a sudden something creepy is crawling in the background. I mean, so there are all those options that always exist. But I'm curious to see what TikTok can do. Because TikTok has become a major brand. I mean, I'm hearing that more than Snapchat at this point. Yeah, yeah. oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Billy, uh, I know time is winding down. A few things I want to say, because we talked about it earlier. If you haven't read the Spawn series or the Jurassic Park, if you haven't seen it, definitely read the Jurassic Park and the Spawn. I also want to recommend movies that are older movies, right? 90s. uh, But they were horror movies, and I feel like I I remember watching them. And, you know, maybe today you watch and you're like, oh, it's cheesy. But Dr. Giggles, I thought, was a good horror movie. The People Under the Stairs was a creepy, uh, kind of funny horror movie as well. So I, I want to encourage folks that like the horror genre, if you're going to watch the movies and the books, dive into something new and check it out. My friend Gil had mentioned Battle Royale, and I had the updated version on uh, my list on Netflix, and I never saw it. But now I'm I'm definitely – I want to see the classic because nothing's like the classic, right? So yeah. I, I just encourage folks to go out there. Before you hit up those major series – of the Freddies and the Halloweens and all that. There's so many uh, good horror movies that just don't get, you know, never get the time of day. And, you know, they come out, people watch it, and then just time passes and you forget about it. So dive into that, folks, and get into it, because I think it would be um, pretty interesting to kind of discover something that maybe many other people have looked past. And I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Many of you have been giving incredible questions. Priscilla has brought in some quick, quick thoughts. I'm going to do a, a snap quick. You know, she said, I think Jordan Peele is becoming my favorite new director. What are your thoughts on us? I loved it. <laughs> we loved it too, Priscilla. And I'll share this. We have more that are coming in from several of you. So we'll bring up some of these in the spare time of our next episode, which is on March 12th. March 12th, by the way, is our show on serial killer women as a tribute to Women's History Month. Hmm. And so mm-hmm. check us out two, two weeks from today. And then on Thursday... Do be uh, on Tuesday coming, which is March second. I'll be having hosting everyday folks, BJ speaks, and I'll be interviewing Brandon Vega, the author of Ghetto Content. Thank you all for listening to our show. This was a lot of fun, Nadine. We had a long this week, but it was last. worthwhile. It's always fun to thank do this, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. It's always a good way to to uh, start the weekend. So thank you to all our listeners. Thank you for all the love. We really appreciate it. And um, stay spooky until the next time you hear us. Ha <laughs> ha. Take care, guys.